you take to heart this piece of advice that someone gives you before you move halfway across the world, that you should throw all of your expectations out the window. And so you do. But wouldn't you know it? Everywhere you find reminders of home. And when you finally return home, the place you lived and the people you have met have become a part of you. You're listening to 2233, a podcast of exchange stories. I think one of my biggest impressions from my time abroad is just how similar every place and everybody is around the world. I remember going there not being sure what to expect or being told to to have all my expectations thrown out the window. <laughs> and, you know, really just to open myself up. There were a lot of things about Kislora and about Kazakhstan that really made me feel like it wasn't too different from the United States or that it was much nearer to home than I would have ever, ever expected. But how proud people were of their culture, of their country. And in some weird way, it did feel like it did feel like the Midwest to me, even down to the part about people being proud of their crappy weather. <laughs> I, one thing that I, I learned being around the world is uh, everybody everywhere is, is proud of their crappy weather. <laughs> This week, a true Arbor Day ambassador, meeting Joey from Friends, and carrying on the passion of a lost friend. Join us on a journey from Omaha, Nebraska to Kisliorda, Kazakhstan, where a wonderful friendship will live on. It's 2233. We report what happens in the United States, warts and all. Exchanges shaped who I am. And when you get to know these people, they're not quite like you. You read about them. They are people very much like ourselves. And oh, that's what we call cultural exchange. Ooh, yes. My name is Pete Oster. I was an ETA English teaching assistant in Kislorda, Kazakhstan, uh, in 2016 and 2017. Um, I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. I graduated from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, uh, studied their global studies, Russian political science and history. Um, I'm a paralegal here in D.C. So to describe Kislorda a little bit better, it's this dusty, smaller provincial capital in the south of Kazakhstan. Um, about 75 to 100,000 people, depending on what your source is. So before I went to Kislorda, I was, I was told that 98% of the people there speak Kazakh. So I knew that going in, you know, the way that I could best learn from my experience and the way that I can best reach other people is, is to meet them, to engage them, to be invited to these different events that were going on, whether it's a wedding or whether it's dinner or even just to go to a cafe to chat or just walk around the city, to try to always say yes and to, and to not miss an opportunity, to always, to, to never be afraid to, to take a, a day trip out of town or to meet new people and, and ask questions too. <laughs> So every year, there's a local volunteers organization. You know, they just do nice things around the city. And every year, they plant trees. I, you know, I, I thought to myself, well, you know, uh, perhaps my school would, would want the trees. Uh, you know, let me talk to 
my colleagues at the school, they can talk to the principal and they can get back to us. Maybe we can enlist all the help of the students too and it can be a, you know, it, it can be a big thing. So we coordinated with this volunteer group in the city and we all met on the town's, town square. So it was me, a bunch of people from the American Corner, uh, a, a few other people who were, who, who were involved in community work and volunteer stuff in the city, and um, several members of the local uh, Communist Party that also showed up. <laughs> they were wearing their official vests and hats and everything that said, said who they were with on the back. I thought, I thought that was pretty funny. And uh, we all packed into a bus, and we drove out to the outskirts of town to my school. And so we met there, brought, brought all the trees, shovels. We got there, and we met up with, uh, with, with my teachers. All my students came out, and we started to plant trees. It was a really neat moment for me because it was all the people I spent the most time with in Kizalorda. There's my students. There's all the people from the American Corner. And we all worked together to make sure that these trees got planted. And we planted most of them. Actually, I think we planted all of them along the way that I would always walk into school, along, along the path there. Yeah, so, so, so the, it's just a nice thought, thought for me to think. The way that I walked up to school every day, you know, hopefully by next, next spring, there'd be, there'd be a bunch of trees growing there. And as well, hopefully something that the students might remember me by as well. As a Nebraskan, so one of our state's claims to fame is that we're the home of Arbor Day. And so what I didn't know at the time, I only learned this much later, was that the day that we planted the trees was on Arbor Day, completely by happenstance. And uh, my colleague brought this up to me, and she showed me a picture of a, one of the textbooks that she and her students were going through. And it was a lesson, a little like reading lesson about Arbor Day. And it talked about how it was, uh, how it started in Nebraska. Uh, it talked about its founder, Jay Sterling Morton, uh, which, you know, the, the name convention there, they, they put his name as Morton Julius Sterling, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> My colleague was, was talking about how, how uh, when, when they flipped to that page, everybody said, oh, that's Peter's state. That's where he's from. And because they learned so much about, I talked so much about my, my home, where I'm, where I'm from, that they instantly recognized it. And I thought that was a really cool moment. Connecting that back to Arbor Day, I remember, um, you know, I instantly remembered how, how I'm a, a proud alum of J, of J. Sterling Morton Elementary School. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, what are the odds, you know? So my colleague, Sandra, who was an English language fellow in Kizalorda, and also my neighbor. So we were hanging out one night, and she learned through one of her students that Matt LeBlanc, Joey from Friends, was staying in Kizalorda at that hotel. So we learned that they weren't in the hotel at the moment, but they would be back in the evening, way late in the evening. And so we, so we ended up meeting up with uh, Sandra's students so long story short, we end up going there way later, in, way later in the evening. So Joey, as we just, that's just how I refer to him in my head. Matt LeBlanc got, got back. We um, were ushered outside to go meet him. And he seemed as surprised to, to meet us as we were to meet him. And he, he just kind of looked, looked at us like, so wait, where are you from? <laughs> and that was the time I very briefly met Matt LeBlanc in Kizalora, Kazakhstan. Thank you.
Uh, yeah, so so I had a good Kazakh friend in Kizilorda. Um, his name was Nur Sultan. And, you know, he, he was definitely one of the the people who was closest to. We could definitely relate on on a level that a lot of people just couldn't rarely naturally do. A while after I was back, uh, it was actually it was on my birthday. A couple days prior, he, uh, he died. Sandra called me up. She had learned from another close friend of ours that I guess that he, so he had moved to Almaty and that he went hiking out in the, up in the mountains with some friends. And from what I gather from uh, rough translations and news stories and everything, you know, he, uh, what happened was he fell through some water. It's still freezing cold um, there, winter there. And uh, he uh, died of hypothermia. You know, that was pretty rough for me. We related on a lot of things. We enjoyed the same kind of music, um, same type of TV show. We really had the same worldview in terms of meeting people, in terms of knowing that the world had a lot more to offer than just being at home. You know, he, he, was, he was somebody who, Kizalorda, uh, wasn't big enough for him, and I could always see that. Right after I left, he moved to Elmaty, and he was just starting work. I think he was working on um, social media marketing. That's his big thing. He was just kind of getting his uh, getting his feet wet. I felt like he had been abroad only once to Prague because he had won some sort of uh, like raffle for a laser eye surgery. He <laughs> could literally see the world through um, you know in a new way, I guess. The other big thing he was into was uh, couch surfing, couchsurfing.com. He always hosted people from around from around the world traveling to Kislora. He was the one person that I always would imagine to visit me. I mean, if no one else, it would have been him. I plan to invite some uh, Kazakh friends, people from Kazakhstan, to my uh, wedding happening next year. And so I always thought to myself, you know, if at least one person could uh, could you know try to make it back, I, th- I think it would be him. After I got back to the U.S., I always thought to myself, if I could show somebody from another country different things around Omaha, around Lincoln, around other parts of Nebraska um, that they wouldn't otherwise look for or expect, you know, this is this is this is what I this is what I would show them. Similar to how people showed me things in Kizilorda and in Kazakhstan, and uh, you know, whenever I kind of put myself in that imaginary situation, I always imagined um, talking to him and it being him that I was showing around and interacting with. And I remember the last time that I saw him, uh, it was right before I left, the afternoon that I left, I had a dinner with a bunch of my friends in the city at one of the bigger um, restaurants, had shashlik or um, shish kebabs. I was just glad to have everyone there, To happy to have met them. You know, then I said my goodbyes to everyone, and it was um, Nur Sultan and uh, his best friend, Aknazar, uh, who walked me back to my apartment as, right, as, right as I was about to take everything down and get a taxi to the airport. You know, I remember me and those guys, you know, we shook hands goodbye, but then, of course, we're so close, we hugged. And, um, and I remember, like, us both doing uh, double takes as we were walking away from each other. And, you know, kind of thinking, could this be the last time? Would it be? Um, and I remember thinking that it wouldn't be. So it was pretty rough to learn that he'd that he'd passed. But really, you know, what I'd learned about Nur Sultan after his death, though, um, from you know the outpouring of um, 
grief on Facebook from people that knew him um, posting things. You know, there were there were not just uh, people from Kazakhstan, but people from around the world that he had met. Like I had mentioned, he he hosted people from all over. It was just good to know that he 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 had an impact, and he he didn't have to go a- around the world to make a difference in people's lives for people to remember him, um, to be remembered. And my biggest takeaway from that really is, you know, like there's good people all around the world doing good things and he was one of them. And I, I hope to do the same. is produced by The Collaboratory, an initiative within the U.S. State Department's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, better known as ECA. My name's Christopher Wurst. I'm the director of The Collaboratory. 2233 is named for Title 22, Chapter 33 of the U.S. Code, the statute that created ECA. And our stories come from participants of U.S. government-funded international exchange programs. In this episode... Peter Oster shared stories from his time as a Fulbright English Teaching Assistant, or ETA. ETAs are sent around the world, helping foreign English language teachers in their classrooms. For more about ECA exchange programs, including the Fulbright ETA program, check out eca.state.gov. We encourage you to subscribe to 2233 wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd love to hear from you. You can write to us at ecacollaboratory at state.gov. That's E-C-A-C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-Y at state.gov. Special thanks this week to Peter for sharing his stories. I did the interview and edited this episode. Featured music during this segment was Prez Returns by Lester Young and Teddy Wilson, and two songs by Poddington Bear, Winter Walk, and Threshold. Music at the top of each episode is Sebastian by How the Night Came, and the end credit music is Two Pianos by Tagirlius. Until next time. How you doing?